and welcome to another episode of Broadcast is Love, a podcast where we talk to people out in the community and out in the world who are doing big things for God's kingdom. And a lot of those people are doing everyday jobs. And one of the guests that I have on is a real treat. This is going to be really special because his perspective on life is so unique and it has taught me so much. Um, We're talking with Mike Crenshaw, a.k.a. Hammer is what he likes to be called. And he can tell you why he likes to be called Hammer and all of that. But I'm so excited today about this podcast because you see the world different than everyone else does in my opinion. And I think that should be highlighted and shared. And I think it would be super helpful to people. I'm excited to hear what you have to say today. Well, two, we're just looking over. We are at the Blue Wahoo Stadium and that is where hammer works and so right now they're doing the grounds keeping and we love blue wahoo stadium especially here in pensacola so talk to us a little bit about what you do here at blue wahoo stadium sure no problem so here at the blue wahoo stadium i'm the facility manager and my job consists of making sure the stadium is always ready for opening day with that being said i come in early morning I get here around about eight, nine, and I work all day until the midnight hour. I work 12, 13 hour shift. But my job consists of make sure that uh, the bathroom, make sure it's clean, make sure that everything is looking good for when the doors open up at five o'clock, or six o'clock, we is ready for the game day. And in the process, if anything goes down, it's my job to get it running. Cause we, we cannot stand to not play a game cause we lose so much money when we play that game. Right. And our, so that's what my job is to make sure that we always is ready to go for opening day and also ready to go when game time. Yeah, opening day is a big deal. There's yeah. a lot of preparation that goes into it. You guys have you guys have had it for a couple of years now, but yes. they have this amazing green wall in the back and a lot of your hard work went in. I mean, there's a team of people. You work with an awesome team that you lead. Yes. Um, but this stadium is beautiful and it's won several awards, right? Yes, it has. I think we got uh, four. We got we got our organization of the year back in 20, 2014, and um, we got ballpark of the year. We got organization of the year. We got woman of the year, which was Donna Kirby one year and Amber McClure the next year. We got our field of the year for five years straight when our race size are here. So we're working on trying to get that for 2020 now. Yes, working on it for 2020. Well, it is a beautiful field. <laughs> and if you're ever in the area, I encourage you to come on out to Blue Wahoo Stadium. You guys are open during the week from... Yes, yeah, from 10. We open from 10 to 5 during the week. No yes. game days. Come out and do some stadiums. I'm saying that, and I've never done that. <laughs> But it's good exercise, and for the uh, baseball games as it's, well. It's a good view. When you come down here to the stadium, you got a good view of the ocean. I mean, you, you yes. can't beat this ballpark. You can't beat it. Well, now we're going to dive into a little bit of your life because okay. um, I love it, and it's so insightful. Tell us a little bit about what you do when you're not here at Blue Wahoo Stadium. Well, when I'm not at the Blue Wahoo Stadium, I work do a bunch of stuff for my church. I'm the I'm the director of the security at the church. I'm the sound tech at the church. I'm the bus driver at the church. Wow. Our goals out in the community and we feed the hungry. We have different functions at the church. We have um, we have give back to the community. Well, we collect clothes from our, our church family and we have a, a clothing drive on the third Saturday of each month at our church. And we have um, we have worship with all the guys and the young men within our community. We try to get them to come out to our church. We have breakfast, we talk about the Bible and the roles you should take in life. Okay, and yeah, are you a leader in that yes, meeting? Yes, I'm one of the spokesmen in there. 
And what are some of the big questions that people come to you with? Maybe some consistent questions that they come to you and they're looking for direction. Most of the time when people do come to us, it'd be people that's out there on drugs and they're down on their luck, think they have nowhere else to go but do what they do. So I encourage them. It's more to life than just out there smoking or whatever you may be doing. I say, you come right. to church, ask God forgiveness, and God can t turn your life around. And we had this one guy. And this, this, this pretty much touches my heart. He was, um, he was down on his luck. Mama died, daddy died. He was just out there in the world mm -hmm. by himself. So we were doing a clothing drive one day, and I asked him, I said, won't you come, come to church one Sunday? He didn't come that particular Sunday. I asked him to come, but a couple of Sundays later, he came to church. He came to the worship service. He came the day, he came to Father and Sunday. The third Sunday, he joined the church. He gave God his life, and he got my job now. He drives a truck. Wow. So, so, I mean, my thing with, with God and life is what you want to make out of it. I mean, you can be down on your luck one day and you can talk to the right person and get you back up on your feet. Oh my goodness, yes. yes. Something I heard the other day, <coughs> I believe it was on a podcast, but they were saying that when God, or it was at church, when God brings you a blessing, it's usually going to come through a relationship. Yes. You know, and who I'm, are I'm you connected believer. with? Yeah, I'm firm believer in that. Why do you, talk a little bit about that. Why do you think that? Well, I'm going to go back to my dad. My dad had a tumor on the brain mm. and uh, the doctors gave him up. Cause the doctor give you up on something that don't mean you're gonna die. They gave my dad up. My dad lived five years after the fact wow. that that he had that tumor. I mean, granted we all gonna die, but I prayed to God every day and every night for my dad, and he came out of it. My sister just this past year, she found out she had cancer, mm. and um, she called me from Mississippi. She told me she had cancer because she thought she was gonna die. I said no. I said pray about it. She worried about it, and I know she's gonna worry about it. Cause I mean. Anybody worry when they got something going on with them. So I told her, I said, you can't worry. I said, you're going to make yourself sick and make it rest. You just pray to God about it, and you're going with your life. So I prayed when she told me that I was driving. Me and my wife, we were driving. So I prayed that night about it. And um, the next day, she had to go t take her treatment. So how about today? My sister is free of cancer. Today? Today, she is oh free of cancer. Oh, my goodness, that's amazing. And, and, I can't believe we're just and, hearing and with this. The, is and amazing. with the help of Donna Kirby, we prayed, and she prayed yes. for my family, for my sister, and uh it's not always cause man say it's the end or uh, mm -hmm. whoever said the end, it's what God say. God got the last say so. Yes. And I'm a firm believer cause if you don't have faith in God, I mean, if you got that, you got faith that lit mustard seed, you can go a long way in life. And, and I'm a firm yes. believer, my sister, she gonna show me, my daddy, he gonna show me. So, I mean, you look to the hills with coming your help and all your help coming from the Lord. Amen. And, and if, you, if you strongly believe in God, God ain't gonna let you down. Oh my goodness, this is such a treat. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. And you do have an amazing family. You have a big family. Yes, I do. Tell us a little bit about your family and your kids and your new exciting news about your family. Yeah, I have. I have. Well, I've been married. I've married my high school sweetheart. We've been married. <clears throat> we've been married 32 years. I have three kids. I have two boys and a girl. But the amazing thing about my family, I have three sets of twins. Yes. My oldest son got two boys. <laughs> my daughter, she got two sets of twins, but it's a boy and a girl. The thing about that is, my mama was a twin. It was a boy and a girl, Edna and Edward. My wife's mama was a twin. It was two girls. It was Martha and Mary. So everybody kept telling y'all gonna have twins, y'all gonna have twins. It skipped over every other generation to know if we have twins. It skipped over me and my wife. <laughs> it went to my children. It skipped over to my niece. My niece got twins. So, I mean, I'm happy to have twins in my family, but I didn't expect to have three sets of twins. That's I got, amazing. I got 14 grandkids. That's I, where, yeah, I got 14 four, I got 14 grandkids. grandkids, and all of them healthy, and all of them doing good. I have, That's great. I have 
I have my oldest son stay in Orlando, and his daughter is six years old. She's speaking Spanish. Amazing. I have my grandbabies here. My uh, my uh, four-year-old, I call him Little Man, he can he can tell you color behind with uh, hand signals. He can tell you his color, and he begin to speak Spanish. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It is so great that we have that in our school system. Yeah. I grew up in Central Florida, mm -hmm. and that was a big thing. A big thing was learning Spanish. It was yeah. always part of the curriculum. And so to hear that they have that here, and, yeah, I'm learning more about the education system. And, and you got to start at an early age with your kids. You just, when a kid first born, like Quinn Studio, the founder of, um, Student family company. You yes. can't you can't go to church and talk to church and goo goo gaga. You got to actually talk to the children and get them familiar with language. And right. that's what we started doing with my grandkids, and it pays off. Look at them. Yeah. Well, and two, you mentioned Quint Studer. For those who don't know, he is kind of like a Nehemiah of Pensacola. And our pastor this weekend mentioned it at Upper Room Church. He mentioned that Quint Studer is like the Nehemiah of Pensacola. Yes, he is. Which is amazing and. For some reason, I don't know why, it just worked out, uh, God's grace, we'll call it that. This morning I read uh, chapter one in Nehemiah, where Nehemiah finds out that back in Jerusalem from his brother, that their walls are not strong and the gates are crushed and there's damage to the wall. Basically, they're not safe. Right. And so his heart is broken. And that that's where I'm at right now. His heart is broken uh, for Jerusalem and for his family there. and and all of that. There's so much more to the story, but one of the pieces that I got out of that story this morning is sometimes it takes a moment in our life where our hearts are broken. His heart was broken because the he knew his family wasn't safe. The walls were down. He was heartbroken about it. And um, then I was reflecting in my life when something like that has happened, where somebody tells you something and it, and it breaks your heart, kind of like what you were saying with your dad. And I was wondering if there was anything like that in your life where, because after he had heard the news, he went into prayer and fasting and it was a serious commitment to God from that point where he was like, this isn't right, Lord help me. And have you had a moment like that in your life, kind of a Nehemiah moment where someone has brought you information and you've cried out to God for help? Yes, I got a cousin, she was a, a premature baby and uh, they said that she was gonna make her name is Dominique and if you're about the secret heart, you got a wall of kids out there that premature babies um, mm. came here early. Yes. One of the babies out there, her name is Dominique, which is my cousin. And uh, they told my cousin that she wasn't going to make it. But look at God do his work. Wow. You go into prayer. We went into the, we went into the, um, the waiting room. We started praying. And behold, she's 23 years old now and doing good for herself. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm, just, so, I'm just so into God because I know when you take your prayer to God, God hears you. Some people tell me. Well, it's no such thing as God. Uh, God don't hear your prayer. Yes, God do. God hear your prayer. God answer your prayers. Right. You got to, but you got to believe. You got to have that faith. Right. If you don't have that faith, and if you don't, when you praying, if you're not putting no legs on that prayer, it's not going to go nowhere. You got mm -hmm. to, you got to believe. You got to believe in, and you got to believe. You do, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so easy for me to say that, but it's so hard to do sometimes when I'm tested. Um, one of the things that you mentioned is that you work with the homeless here in Pensacola, yes. which. If you are listening to this in any city, um, I understand that this is a problem nationwide. It's not just a Pensacola problem. Um, the way that it's being handled on a local level is amazing, in my opinion. The way Pensacola reaches out to the homeless is 
wow. I mean, Waterfront Rescue Mission is incredible. Yes. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about, but the way they do outreach is great. Talk to me a little bit about the need that you see there and how that is being addressed. Well, the need at Waterfront Mission, we just did a, down here at the ballpark, and then I get into that. We had um, we had some old furniture down here that we had no use for, so I reached out to within our community first, within my job family, asking anybody that they want any furniture. We had two people step forward and said they wanted some furniture. All that we didn't give to them, we called it Waterfront Mission. Waterfront Mission came and picked it up. But Waterfront Mission do a, a, do a good job with helping the community, and we're going to work with Waterfront Mission at our church. We had, like I said, we had the clothing drive, and we take our clothes that we don't give at the church to people that don't want them. We'll take them to the Waterfront Mission. They have a drive there. Every, most people think when you go to the Waterfront Mission, you have to pay for everything, but it's not that it's not the case. If you don't know, going by what somebody said, you got to go out there and see for yourself. They do have stuff you have to pay for, but they have they have food where they feed the hungry. They have clothes where they shelter the hungry and are and, uh, clothing them when they need stuff like that. So they do us a good job by, by helping the homeless. And speak on the homeless, I mean, anybody can be homeless. You can be job today and homeless tomorrow. Amen. But it's true. You don't you don't look down on people because you up and they're not up. I mean, I look at it. I could be in that same predicament tomorrow. I mean, I can't help everybody, but sometimes you look at homeless people where they really don't need. I, I go where God lead me to go. I have passed by hungry, homeless people on the street. Well, I'm not going to help that person. But if God show my heart, well, you go help that person. You know, God can speak to you and tell you to go help certain people, and you go do that. And you don't question God. Why did you tell me to go do it? You just go do it. Yes. And like I tell you about the guy that came to our church, I went to him. Look where he at now. He got a job. He's doing good. I mean, yes. It don't work for everybody, but the people that God tell you to go out and touch or go out there and help, it works for them. Yeah, and how do you do it when he tells you to do it? How do you not just stay stagnant? How do you just rest in that? I, I'm, I'm humble. When God when God speaks to me, if something comes over my body, like I have to get up and do it. Like this one guy, I don't want to call a name, but this one this one homeless guy, I said, I'm not going to give him that. Because he, looked, he had nice clothes on, he was dressed, but... Cause people wearing nice clothes don't mean mm. they got everything or they ain't, you know, they ain't there. So I drove by the guy. I went three blocks, came back around, called God, said, help him. So Three blocks and came back. He said, help him. Didn't know what it mean. I gave the guy $20. A couple weeks later, that guy came back. Didn't know him. Stranger to me. So he said, he told me his name. He said, you don't remember me, do you? No. In the same spot, circuit, was at the circuit camp. I said, no. I said, I don't remember. I don't know you. He said, I'm the guy that you gave the $20 to. He came to me. He said, I got a job now. He said, I'm working. He said, you help me. Stuff like that goes a long way with me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you answered the call, though. Yeah. I mean, you felt God, led to yeah. do it, and you did it. He 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 working now. Last time I did say he was working, and he said that I I helped him. I changed his life in so many words of what I did. Wow. Well, and to people who are listening right now, I don't know if they're driving or they're on a walk or whatever, but encourage people uh, about that discernment of when you feel led to do something, what what are the steps? What do you do when you feel that calling from your perspective and how God has used you and spoken through you? Sometimes, and with me is, like I said, it, it something comes over my body when God talking to me. I mean, everybody's different now. Some people can't explain it, but right. when God tells me to do something, it comes over my body. And right. I just have to do it. I mean, it, I, could be in, I could be in my sleep and it might something happen to today. I, I go back to my job a lot of time when something go wrong on my job. And you're going to be here, Ricky. You worked at the Wahoo. Something go wrong on my job. <laughs> I, I just walk around and get myself together. I go to praying. And God will work it out for you. But yes. it's just something that comes over you that 
God is my shield. God is not going to put no more on you can bear. God is going to be there for you. And I always say that because I can be at this ballpark so many times. I can be drained. I can be out of it. I can be been misled by my coworker, but God will come over you and do something to you. I don't know, do you believe in that sin? God, and I'm not, I don't have enemies at my job. I'm just, just afraid. Oh, yeah. I mean, God I will make your enemy your footstool. And I have seen people on the outside that did me wrong that came back to me, baby, me pardon. And that's what he does. Wow. Yeah. Just waiting on the Lord and yeah. praying for him to be yeah. your shield of that's protection. All, that's all you got to do. It, the, the 37 books of Psalms are not by evildoers because they shall soon be cut down. So that's what I do. I always read that when you when you get discouraged, mm -hmm. you fret not by evildoers. Evildoers going to come back and they're going to get cut down. Yeah. 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 And it's not our fight. No. I mean, God will fight yeah. our battles. That's right. You just give over to the God. I mean, I'm a firm believer because I used to buck against the system. I used to say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But now, that, and, and I'm for real, I used to buck against the system. Yeah. But now, hey, you, you know me. You know how I buck you, against you, you just turn over systems. to God. Like you just said, you turn over to God and God will work it out for you. And I'm yes. a firm believer in that. I can be in a situation where with, with bills, where how am I going to pay this bill? True story, Ricky. Yeah. And it's all, I, 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 I love this. I bet it on the game. I know we shouldn't do that, Ricky. Yeah, I'm just yeah, going to yeah. tell you the truth. Okay. I bet it on the game this past week. Lost yeah. $100. Oh my goodness. But guess what happened to me? What? Monday. What? I got that $100 back. I got recognized for doing a good job at the stadium. Oh yes, we need to talk about this. Hold on, wait, time out. So yes, he works for the Wahoos and you work very hard. Like he said, you work starting at eight and nine in the morning and work until the late hours, sometimes in the morning, back in the morning again. True. And so, and you've been doing this for how long now? Eight years. Eight years. Okay, so you got a big award in Let's shine light on that. Tell us about it. Well, as I said, we're getting the ball put Quinn Street is my boss. I mean, I, I come and do my job. I don't look for a recon to get recognized for what I do, but the truth of the life, you do a good job, God will always come back and say, okay, we're going to let this let your light shine. So Monday, we had a, a quarterly meeting. Went to the quarterly meeting on Monday. Didn't expect to get no award. And goes in like we always do, sit down. So they 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 get had a bunch of people that were getting recognized, so they were reading off a card. I said, that sound like me now from what they saying that this person do, and so having to be, it was me. So I got a I got a little plaque. I got a hundred dollars. I just told Rick I lost my hundred dollars, which I know I shouldn't have been doing to begin with, on the game. <laughs> Came right back Monday and got my hundred dollar back from what I That's had amazing. lost. Won't God do it for y'all? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I love it. Yep. Oh man, if wherever you're listening right now, I hope you were just like praising God for, for where he has you in life and and learning from Hammer's story, Mike's story. And uh, before we go, tell it's a fun story. Tell everyone why you like to be called Hammer. Well, I've been playing ball all of my life. I've been in Black World twice and I got the name from playing ball. I'm a I'm a bona fide ball player. And oh, jeez. I, I, I can hit home runs. I mean. <laughs> Didn't we just say how humble he was? Okay. We, we have kidding. We have um, we have batting practice down here at the ballpark sometime. And out there by BP, we goes out there. And I still can crush the ball. We got a full, <laughs> we got a 400 feet ballpark <laughs> and 342 in the corner. And I can crush it in the water still. And I'm 55 years old. You are 55 years old. 55 and you years can old. crush the ball. And I still can crush the like ball. Like a hammer. Like a hammer. Oh my goodness. I remember uh, we were out to lunch one day and we ran into one of your buddies and I just pulled him aside and asked him, why are you called Hammer? And he just laughed and he told a similar story, not... Chief, Chief Alexander, matter of fact, Chief, yes, it was. I love him. Talk about a leader in serving God and his community. We need to get him on the podcast. 
do that. And I, I can reach out to him. But Chief Alexander, me and him grew up together. And matter of fact, I started out playing ball up under him. He used to come, really? He used to come through. He was a cadet. He used to come through the neighborhood I stayed in. Back then, the city had station wagons, and they had they had other cars. They used to come pick us up, play community ball, and that's how I started out playing ball. And I I just grew from there. Wow. Yeah. And he started out as a cadet, and when I went up to being chief of police. Yeah. Okay. So I have a quick question on that. Talking about playing ball, we have lots of moms who listen to this podcast. What would you encourage them about getting their kids involved in sports? I I consider everybody, not just the mom, not just the single parent, mm-hmm. but if you got kids. Get them involved in some kind of sport. Get them from in front of that TV. Get them from playing games. Right. If you don't get them out there in some, some kind of sport, they're going to go astray. They're going to get out there with the wrong kids, and then they're going to get themselves in trouble. I got 14 grandkids. I don't let mine sit in front of the TV every day. Even though my kids like to watch cartoons, they like to play games, I'll get them out there in sports. I get them, My kids, I can make them go out there and help me wreck the yard or do stuff, do stuff in the yard. Right. You, got, you got to work with them because we're losing too many of our kids out here in the community to, to the wrong thing. You Really? Talk a little bit about that. Well, here, one of my jobs here that I, I don't really talk about, I'm a coroner. I, I pick up I, I pick up bodies. I pick up dead bodies. Yeah. So, and I see a lot here. At the start of uh, January 2020, we can have like maybe 20, 23 shootings, and half of them people got killed. Because mm. we're not taking our community back. We're we letting drugs take over our community. If we get out here and fight, Teach our children do the right thing and not the wrong thing. We take our community back because it's too many young people is dying out here in our community for the wrong reason. What can we do to be better? I think as a community we need to get outreach programs. We don't have enough outreach programs out here, not in our community, not nowhere. If we get outreach program, get these kids, let these kids know that we love them. It's not just uh, me. Yes. It's not just a Ricky. It's everybody. Let these kids put arms around these kids. Let these kids they are love. You got some kids out here that don't have the father figure, don't have the mother figure, don't have right. the parents figure. They just out here by themselves. Let these kids know that they still is being loved. And that's that's one of our problems. They stealing, they got no way out, they steal, they go to jail, then they get in the system. Once they get in the system, they go, they go till they get sent off to prison. We don't need that. No. Or we don't want that. We don't want that. And you're saying here we can help stop this from the ground floor. And yeah. one way to do that is through outreach programs. So, okay, well, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I thank you for having me on your broadcast this morning. <laughs> I know, we got up really early to do this. But, yes. But I really appreciate your time, and I know you have a full day of work ahead. So thank you so much. And I always end the podcast um, saying, talking to the people who are listening to this podcast, that, um, and Hammer and I pray this together, that may God increase in your life, and may you decrease as you start your day or as you end your day, wherever you are. Just know that you are loved, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, and always keep God first. Amen. Hey, y'all, don't you just love Hammer's story? He rocks. I know you have people in your life where they just rock, and don't forget to celebrate them and thank them for what they're doing in the community. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Hammer, for being on the podcast. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast. We would love that. And if you could drop a comment below, maybe a nice review would be awesome because you're definitely five stars. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening.